Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We're coming live to you from College Green this morning in the shadow of Westminster in what is the biggest week in the recent history of British politics and indeed uh, of the future of this country. Behind me uh, you can see bathed in sunlight the Houses of Parliament, the Palace of Westminster, the mother of all parliaments, the place where all of this stuff which is going on uh, is going to finally be decided, we think, in the next 24 to 48 hours. Lining up on one side are the Theresa May loyalists. These are the people uh, who think that voting for her deal is the best way forward, no matter whether you think it's a good deal, a bad deal, an indifferent deal, a deal that will go absolutely nowhere. They say, vote with her. She's the Prime Minister. She's done her best. Lining up on the other side, people like Boris Johnson, uh, other members of the opposition, the Labour Party, the DUP, those who really don't believe that Theresa May has done anything right whatsoever in the last two years, in the last two and a half years since the referendum. We're going to be speaking to a whole host of MPs this morning, some who want to leave, some who want to remain, some who don't want to do anything anything at all. Some who would rather align themselves with the opposition party than actually vote for something that their constituents say that they should do. Somewhere in the middle uh, are the hard Brexiteers who don't think that Theresa May's deal is going to get us out of Europe in any meaningful way and who believe actually that it's better to sabotage the Prime Minister and the current government rather than voting in their uh, direction. All in all, it is a complete and utter shambles. Uh, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows even if the vote is actually going to take place. I'm joined by a host of guests. Ross Kempsell is going to be here as well. He is, of course, our political editor here at Talk Radio. He's going to try to steer us through the choppy waters. By this time tomorrow, we should have a pretty good idea what the future holds for Theresa May. But in this first hour, we want to hear from all of you as well, because we're going to have plenty of politicians on, plenty of pundits, plenty of people who've got an opinion to share with us. We want yours too. 0344 499 1000. We are the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are in Westminster. We are here to make history happen and to witness the historical events that are going to happen over the next 48 hours. This is Talk Radio. Call us now. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you tell me that you woke up this morning and you don't actually believe uh, that the world is about to change, either for the better or for the worse, that the government is going to change either for the better or for the worse, or uh, that our relationship with the European Union is going to change for the better or for the worse, uh, I don't believe a word you are saying, because we are currently at what can only be described as a massive crossroads uh, in the history of this country. Politically, it's the most important week, I think, since the turn of the century, since 1999, since devolution was handed down to all of the parts uh, of the of the. British British Union, including Scotland, including Wales, including Northern Ireland. By the way, things aren't going too well in Scotland, uh, where they might find themselves with a new First Minister pretty soon if Nicola Sturgeon uh, doesn't sort herself out and sort out her own house. Right now, though, uh, we're going to be joined by our first guest of the day. Tom Brake is here, Lib Dem Brexit spokesman and MP for Cushalton and Wallington. Tom, a very good morning to you. Welcome to the talk radio tent. Good morning, Mike. Now, thank I, you. Don't, I don't think I'm over-egging the pudding to say this is the most important week in politics, I think, certainly this century, uh, since I've been alive. 
Well, it's certainly uh, the most important week in politics that I've experienced, uh, having been a member of parliament for over 20 years. There's yes. no doubt about that. And I think it's probably the most important uh, point uh, since the Second World War, frankly. Yeah. And how did we get here? Let's just have a quick recap of exactly what's happened in the past two and a half years, because it suddenly seems to have been concertinaed into a very, very dramatic kind of finale in the past three or four months. Yes, well, I mean, it's good starts with consensus because I think we both agree that this is a shambles yeah. and it's also a national embarrassment. Yes. How, how did we get here? Well, for the first uh, 21 months or so, the Prime Minister has sought to try and keep this an internal Conservative Party issue mm. in terms of trying to find a solution. And I think that last week, for the first time, when for the first time, to my knowledge, she came to speak to a cross-party group of MPs, she realised that she was never going to secure the support of people like Boris Johnson, Bernard Jenkin, uh, Bill Cash. She had tried to keep them on the side and finally has had to accept that they're not going to be with her. Yeah. And at the uh, 11th hour, or the, the 59th minute of the 11th hour, seems as though she's trying to reach out to other people, but frankly, she's left it too late. Well, and see, in, indeed, and you're talking, you're describing there the sort of the hard Brexiteer wing, I suppose, of the Tory party. There's also the softer Brexiteer wing uh, of the Tory party, people like Dominic Grieve, uh, who's been responsible for causing quite a great deal of mayhem in the past few days, uh, last week or so, uh, more or less kind of sort of indicating that, that he'd rather vote against his own government um, than see her passing her deal, which would be something he really, really thinks is a bad idea. Well, I don't agree with your description of what he's trying to do. What he's trying to do, rightly in my view, is ensure that Parliament has a role in this process, this, 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 the, this event, which is the most critical that we've faced, certainly since the Second World War, and one in which, to, to a great extent, the Prime Minister has sought to block Parliament's involvement. And that is wrong. Parliament needs well, to be Well, you say it's wrong, but I watched for the first time in a while last night David Cameron's little mini-speech before the referendum took place where he said to people, be very careful what you vote for because this will be a one-time only, once-in-a-generation vote. If you decide you want to vote to leave the European Union, please be aware that it will not be reversible. If you decide to vote uh, in any way, way uh, shape or form, uh, it will be for you to decide the future of our nation, not for the Parliament, not for the uh, government, not for MPs and not for the royal family family and not for anybody else but you. He was very clear about that. Now, how can you explain how you have got to your position, given that that's what David Cameron said, and he was the guy that instigated the referendum, by the way, uh, when he said, this is down to you. There's nobody else involved. Nobody. Well, what, what of course, we found out is that there is no uh, agreement on what Brexit represents, because we have people like David Davis, hard Brexiter, who spent two years trying to negotiate something, uh, who has now left the government because he does not believe that the Brexit the Prime Minister is delivering is Brexit. So all we've been really Well, we're assuming that. He, there may be a many number of reasons why he's leaving the government and, well, and, and I mean, why he doesn't like doing maybe his he's, job. Maybe he's preparing his, his bid to be the next party maybe. leader. I mean, that, that might be part of it. So that is all that we've learned, that actually uh, simply leaving, when you start looking at the detail... It's not been possible to, to identify a way of doing that that commands the majority support of MPs. And therefore, if the government fail, which we expect to happen tomorrow, to get through the Prime Minister's deal, if Parliament can't agree 
a majority around a particular position, it seems to me as though we have to go back to the people because we're in gridlock and let's see if they can in a but people's vote decide the position. You've a remarkably good job there of sidestepping the question I asked you, which is how do you get from David Cameron saying this is your decision, no matter what happens, we will do whatever it is that you decide to do. Why is it that at the time when he was having those conversations, nobody like you stood up and said, well, hang on, you can't just say leave or remain. You have to find out how we leave or how we remain or under what circumstances and how long it takes and, and what the conditions are. Nobody said that at the time. He said, partly because I'm sure he thought that nobody would ever vote to leave, um, but he said, when we make a decision, that's it. We're going. Well, he, he did, and of course we didn't support the, uh, the referendum in the first place, uh, and we did flag up issues around uh, Northern Ireland, for instance, where we did not think there was actually a solution to, to, to that, and I think that uh, we've been proven right. Uh, but we are where we are, and we have spent, the Prime Minister has spent this two, the last two years, or, or just short of that, trying to negotiate a position. She hasn't uh, arrived at a position that uh, will receive support from a majority of MPs. Uh, there it doesn't seem to me as though yeah, but there clearly is a majority about, for no, no deal either. No, but it's not supposed to be about the MPs. That's my point. It's supposed to be about the decision that was taken by the British well, public, the, 72% of whom turned out for a referendum much higher than most recent elections, and their will is being willfully denied well, the, by people the, like the you. The Prime Minister has tried to find a way of delivering the will of the people. Unfortunately for her and perhaps the people, she hasn't actually found a way that commands, for the people, commands majority support within her own party. Yes, I know, but as, as I keep saying to you, according to David Cameron, the architect of all of this, it wasn't about the Parliament. It was never about the MP support. Well, it was never about a bunch of overprivileged you know, public school boys and girls in the Houses of Parliament deciding for themselves what's good for us. It's not about what you think. It's about what we want, surely. Well, uh, well... Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that may be the case, but the, well, fact the, is, case. the fact is that the Prime Minister has tried to interpret that in her own way, and she's arrived at a, a, a solution, a withdrawal agreement, that does not command a majority in the House of Commons. So the way forward, it's all very well to say, well, we, we have to deliver the will of the people. Well, the Prime Minister's just tried. She spent nearly two years trying to identify what that meant, and she's arrived at a solution which a majority of MPs are very, very unlikely to support. So that's why I think the logical conclusion of this, Parliament last week having ruled out no deal, her deal is defeated. Parliament doesn't accept no deal. The EU will not allow a completely new round of negotiations. That's why Jeremy Corbyn's idea of a general election and then we will completely reopen these negotiations is not a flyer. Where does the Prime Minister land except, in my view, in saying... I believe that this deal is a brilliant one for the UK. I have put my energy and effort into negotiating this over the last uh, just, just under two years. I want to put it to the people, put it back to the people, see if my interpretation of them voting to leave is something they want to support once they've actually seen what the detail of leaving under her terms right. means. And so that would logically then suggest that the new referendum, if there was to be one, I won't call it the second referendum or the people's vote, I'll call it a new referendum, just for a change, uh, would have to surely be uh, the choice between Theresa May's deal and no deal. But you're going to tell me, oh no, we must have an. Ob uh, we must have You've the option to remain. You've anticipated my reply. Well, Absolutely. listen, Tom, no, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Her deal, <laughs> her deal which she has spent up to two years negotiating, yeah. and I think is a very bad deal for the United Kingdom, mm. and staying in the EU. Yeah, but you see, that's not fair, is it? 
How is that fair? We've already voted to leave the EU by a majority of 52 to 48. That decision's already been made. So now if you want to finesse it, which is obviously what you'd like to do, because heaven forbid I would accuse you of actually just trying to filibuster and keep us in the EU for as long as possible so that eventually we just don't bother leaving because that would be entirely wrong and totally against the will of the people. Well, I would love us to stay in the EU. Well, I know you would. I know you would, and I'm very happy that you are. I'm not hiding the fact. No, I'm very happy that you are because most people will not be frank and open about it, but you are being so. That's why we like you on this show because we believe you and we believe you actually believe in what you're doing, unlike many people over there who don't believe in what they're doing. The bottom line for me is that we've already had all these conversations. Yes, we have reached an impasse. Yes, we have reached a point of no return where there doesn't appear to be a solution of any kind whatsoever, partly because it's been handled very badly, I think, by, by not only Theresa May, but also her acolytes and her civil servants, because who in their right mind would present to people who don't want to leave the European Union an argument which says, if you if fight this, we might not ever leave, at which point you're giving them an incentive, aren't you? Well, all, all I would say is that um, because we are now at this impasse where uh, the government can't deliver. Parliament probably can't command a majority around a particular position either. That we do have to go back to the people. I, d- I think it's fundamentally democratic. What on earth is wrong with putting to the people in the country as a whole, not members of parliament making a decision, the people as a whole in a referendum being given the choice between what the Prime Minister has negotiated. And she says this is the best thing that is on offer from the EU. This is the best deal we're going to get. She thinks it's a good one and offering them the choice of that or staying in the EU. I think that's the right approach and I suspect that may well be where the Prime Minister ends up or a Prime Minister ends up. It might not be this one. Would you agree with me that we're more than likely now very, very close to getting the Article 50 extension where we're probably going to stagger off into the summer and wait until June to make this final decision? Do you also see Theresa May surviving beyond this week? There's a real question mark over whether she survives the vote tomorrow. Mm. It'd be very hard to see if she is defeated, as some suspect, by uh, three figures how she can continue as Prime Minister. This is what she has done uh, for the last two years. She has focused on, on, on this deal. So whether she can survive beyond Tuesday, now she, she is someone who perseveres. I, I will give her credit uh, uh, for that. But uh, her party, I mean, if she is defeated by that margin, must be questioning whether she should continue as Prime Minister. What I also expect to happen, of course, on Wednesday or possibly Thursday is that the Labour Party will finally move their motion of no confidence but everyone expects that to be defeated of course because although we will support Labour the one thing that will unite the Conservative Party and indeed their DUP allies is the threat of a general election and therefore uh, any member of Parliament in the Conservative Party or the DUP uh, who votes against the government in a motion of no confidence uh, that is it for their political career, I'm sure. Right. Tom Brake, thank you very much indeed. Tom Brake there, uh, Lib Dem spokesman on Brexit, uh, Carshalton MP as well. Some fascinating things to say. One of the most honest MPs, I have to say, that I've ever met. We'll take your calls. 0344 uh, is the number. Let's talk to Pav, uh, who's in Harrow. Hello, Pav. Morning, Mike. Morning. How are you doing on this historic day? Well, I suppose 24 hours before, but I was just listening to the, your interview with Tom Brake. And, and I endorse what you said. At least he's transparent and honest with what he wants. If only some other people who clearly shame, share that, that the same sentiments were as well. But the ridiculous thing about what they're asking for, Mike, is that effectively after tomorrow when 
Theresa May's deal is effectively going to bomb out like any, probably nothing in, in recent history. They then want to put that which has been almost unanimously rejected by MPs on a ballot paper with Remain. Well, how is that democratic in any way whatsoever? If at the very least you're asking the public to make a decision, surely it should be on something which the MPs haven't already decided. If they've already decided that that's clearly not, not, not palatable to them, why on earth would you want to do a rerun with a, a Remain option unless you're, you're just interested in rigging the vote? I mean, if anything, the way that, that they should go about it is to put on a, a potential second referendum or a new referendum, whatever you want to call it, different options of leave, and let people vote. They can vote a softer option or a harder option. I don't understand why they want to rerun either the 2016 referendum or what's going to happen tomorrow night. No, I totally agree with you. Because at the end of the day, surely finessing the deal is no problem at all. And I would actually go along with that and say, I don't mind a second referendum if you are, as you say, going to choose between, you know, one form of leaving and another form of leaving. But you can't then, because what they know, they're not stupid, these people, but they think we are. They're not stupid because they know that if they put in two forms of leaving and one form of remaining, that the vote will be split in such a way that Remain will win with about 31%. And that's not good enough for me, and that should never be allowed to happen. I agree. And then the other thing is this other idea that there should be a, a transferable vote or a proportional vote. We've rejected proportional voting in all sorts of manners in this country for a while. Why should we turn around and use a referendum when we don't use it in the election? It should surely be something that's transparent so that people voting don't have any misapprehension as to what it is they're voting and how it's going to be counted. This idea that you should have a second, third, fourth, fifth, 23rd, 8th, whatever option, it's just a complete nonsense. And, and the reality is that uh, an MP in the Select Committee raised last week, which is a very salient point, Mike, I think it was Graham Stringer that raised this, is that the Electoral Commission, the ones who are going to be charged with putting a potential paper, a question on the paper, are all uh, transparent Remainers. Well, how the hell is that going to help democracy? Yeah, well, exactly right. I mean, you're an intelligent guy, Pav. I mean, do you, like me, feel slightly misled, slightly confused, and slightly uh, uh, sort of... I, I don't know, uh, banjaxed in a way as to what exactly is going to happen tomorrow because I don't think anybody knows. If, in fact, Theresa May loses the, uh, the, the, the vote, which most people think she's going to do, I honestly don't know what happens next. Nobody's been able to explain it to me and I don't think anybody does know what's going to happen next. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's very difficult to predict that. But one thing I, I, I'm pretty certain of is that these people who are hanging their hat on the idea that what Burko did last week he'll be allowed to do next week. They're forgetting something uh, rather salient, which is even if, let's assume for one moment, that the backbenchers do introduce a piece of legislation, which wouldn't be binding because it's quite clear that uh, under the, the rules of Parliament that it has to be a Minister of the Crown who has to have a binding vote in order to make statute. There's nothing to suggest that that the Royal Assent will be granted because the, the, the way that the bill would be sent would not be from a Minister of the Crown. So there's all sorts. So if you want to talk about constitutional crisis, Mike, there's another one to throw in. And on top of all of that, if people are thinking that this is just going to be a, an easy way to say, well, you know, this Brexit's too hard, let's abandon it. I'm sorry, that's what people are paid to do. You can't just absolve your responsibilities by saying something's either a little bit more complex than you initially thought or because in your heart of hearts you don't want to do it, that it's OK to abandon. That is not democracy. That is an absolute joke. And if they were to minded to do that, just watch what happens at the next ballot. None of this violence rubbish. We're not violent people by nature. Just watch what we do to them at the next ballot. Whenever that happens, they will get the shock of their lives. They think 2016 was a shock. Wait for the next general election if they were minded to unilaterally declare Brexit a no-go because some of them or most of them want to remain. Absolutely preposterous. Yeah, I think that's a great call, Pav. Thank you very much indeed. Very sensible uh, words. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Nick Dubois with me as well. Nick, uh, very good morning to you. Thank you for uh, joining us in the cold weather. Good morning. Um, are you with Sir Jeffrey? Are you in a slightly different camp? One of the hardest things for me to do this morning is to find two people who actually agree about everything. <laughs> because uh, even in your own party, there are about a myriad of different uh, different sort of definitions of what's going to happen. Well, I'm slightly different to uh, Jeffrey, although I sympathise and, and accept a lot of the points he makes. But the main difference to me and Jeffrey is he's an elected MP and I'm not, so yeah, I don't well, have know. to vote. We'd like to. <laughs> Well, that's that's very kind. But if I was uh, in the House of Commons, I, I wouldn't vote this deal through without the assurances on the backstop. I think there's very few treaties that I think parties have volunteered to get into together where there is no legally binding exit mechanism apart from this withdrawal agreement. So that would be my objection to it. But Jeffrey's quite right. We are now in potentially a game-changing situation with the conduct of the Speaker, who is effectively threatening to turn the rules over. That means uh, Parliament, not the government, could effectively lay legislation that becomes law that therefore has to be followed. Whereas at the moment, that is not Mm. the case. Broadly speaking, that is not the case. If you want a law, the executive have to bind it, or it has to have effectively the support of the executive. It's it's not quite as simple as that, but that's what it is. And if he throws, if you like, his full weight behind that, then for once, those rather shameful cries of uh, that you get from some parliamentarians saying that no deal is not an option when in fact it's written in law, suddenly they become a realistic prospect that Parliament can tie the hand of government uh, by changing the law. That is a game-changer. I think it's a, a disastrous turn of events, not just for now, but for the future of our Parliament. However, in my case, I don't think it's sufficient enough at this stage uh, to go in and vote tomorrow for this deal. What we'll be telling Mike is what she loses by and whether that brings any sense of momentum that she could go back to the EU and get that binding agreement on the backstop to allow us to leave our choice. Okay. Well, I'll come back to you and ask you about the numbers game in a moment. But, Sir Jeffrey, just come back to you for a second. I know you have to go. Um, In terms of the view being taken by the general public out there, which is when I hear them talking to me on the radio, pretty angry right now about the way that Parliament is conducting itself and individual MPs and the Speaker are conducting themselves. Do you see... Uh, the danger of the sort of the long-term damage of the relationship, if you like, between the democratically elected members of parliament and the electorate. Absolutely. When I go around talking to my constituents, as I have been, 
most of them are saying to me, for goodness sake, we voted to leave the European yeah. Union. We, I don't understand the detail, but you are elected on our behalf to sort it out. Please sort it out and let us get on with governing the country and businesses can invest and employ people and their jobs are safe. That is what they're more interested about. Mm. And I think we must honour the result of the referendum. We're a democratic country. We must do that. And is there anything that you can see happening in the next 24 hours which Theresa May can do. She's making a speech up in Stoke at the moment, uh, which, to be honest, is more or less a speech that she could have made any time in the last year. It doesn't appear to be offering anymore. We've had some movement from Brussels this morning uh, in which it appears that Barnier and his cronies are coming up with some suggestions for, for a reassurance of some kind or another. Is there anything you can see which is going to make her case better in the next 24 hours? And could it be possible that Theresa May could get this through? Is there any chance? No, I think that Nick is right. We do need this legally binding uh, assurance of when we can leave the backstop. And I think it's probably necessary for Brussels to have it clearly demonstrated to them that Parliament is not going to put this deal through in its present form. We need that reassurance. Once we've got that, then I think Parliament might come back for a second vote. This is what I'm hoping anyway, and then it will pass it. But, okay. but Geoffrey, do you, do you agree, however, the, the, the danger that might undermine the EU even thinking of doing that is Parliament constantly saying no deal is not an option. It's, it's neutering the negotiating hand of the government. If they were to go back, they'll sit back and say, oh, well, you're, you're, you're going to do a deal eventually because your Parliament won't let you. I, and I entirely agree with that. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about, we have passed the Withdrawal Act. Mm. It sets out that we will withdraw on the 29th of March without a deal if necessary. If Parliament somehow re goes over all that, it's going to look pretty stupid having voted one thing now to vote something different. It will just look as though it can't make up its mind. So I think we should leave the law as it is and try and get this through and then sort it out once we're left. Sir Geoffrey, thank you very much indeed. Sir Geoffrey Clifton-Brown, the Tory MP for the Cotswolds, he's voting with Theresa May and her deal. Uh, many of you will think that's a great idea, many of you will not. We've got Chris Philp now, Tory MP for Croydon South, uh, who is, of course, uh, probably likely to vote with the government, I'm assuming. Chris, a very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Am I wrong to assume that? Well, I did think about it very carefully because, yeah. as you said, it's a huge vote and you've got to weigh it up very carefully. Um, but yes, I'm going to support uh, the deal uh, tomorrow at seven o'clock because I think it represents the best way to get out of the European Union and all of the alternatives which might come to pass, for example, this dreadful Norway option uh, or indeed a second referendum are all worse than the deal that's been tabled. Um, so on that basis, I'm going to be supporting it. What are you hearing about the numbers who are not going to be supporting it? Because we're hearing that, you know, if it is a big margin of, of, uh, of, of defeat, it's going to be bad news for Theresa May. It's going to be bad news for the government. Uh, and it may well open the door perhaps for John Burko uh, and his kind of parliamentary pooch, if you like. Well, clearly the Speaker is playing all kinds of games that he shouldn't be playing. Mm. What he did last week was unilaterally uh, change uh, a procedure that's been in place for over 100 years simply because it suited what he was trying to do. So he, is, he may well behave in a very unreasonable and unpredictable way, which I think is another good reason for supporting the deal as it stands to avoid um, getting derailed by any of those shenanigans yeah. that could result in a, in a second referendum or could result in this Norway plus customs union option, which means we'd have to take all of the rules, pay the money, there'd be endless free movement, but we'd have no say over any of that. Is there a numbers game that you can tell us about in terms of whether there are people saying if the loss is this size or that size, 
something happens if it's you know if it's more than 100 you know then we have a problem if it's more than 200 we have a massive disaster on our hands no i haven't heard people talking about particular triggers that lead to different outcomes i think in this very rapidly evolving situation we've got to just take uh, one step at a time and i think people who are considering voting against it just need to think very carefully about what's going to happen if the vote gets lost and it will I think potentially lead to a very to a, wor- a much worse situation. Look, the deal has obviously strengths, but also some weaknesses that I acknowledge. Um, but it's still better than the alternatives, and people need to just look themselves in the mirror and ask if they're willing to uh, risk those much worse alternatives if they vote against the deal. And I think as people just think hard about that today and tomorrow. I think a few people that may have said they're going to vote against it, um, you know, may start may start drifting back. May start drifting back. Well, we're joined by uh, David Davis, Monmouthshire uh, MP, of course, as well. I imagine, uh, David, you're not in agreement with Chris about the outcome of this particular vote. Are you voting against it? No, I'm actually, I agree with everything Chris has just said. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like the deal that much. I okay. know, as Chris has said it's got its problems, but the reality is nobody knows what will happen next if that deal goes down. I've spoken to people on all sides of the argument. You know, Jacob Rees-Mogg is a very clever man with good advisers. They will say, we pass primary legislation. If that deal goes down, we'll leave on the 29th of March with a, a WTO Brexit. There are other people, um, Dominic Grieve will say, uh, that there are enough MPs in Parliament with a speaker playing fun and games to, to derail that. Nobody knows who's right. But people like Grieve and Subri are voting this down because they want to stop Brexit happening. They don't accept the result. They don't accept that 17.4 million people voted to leave and they will do anything to stop it. And that's why I can't bear the thought of going into the same division lobbies with them and voting this down. And so will you find the, yourself in a, in a division lobby with more people like you, uh, like-minded as you are uh, for a harder Brexit, but willing to kind of give that up in order to be um, supportive, if you like, of Theresa May? I, I don't know what the numbers are, are going to be like, but it requires only seven Conservative MPs to vote this down, even if the DUP support it. So I'm pretty realistic about what the, what the result is likely to be. The question is whether there are enough people going in there behind Theresa May to allow her to come back with uh, perhaps some clarifications from the European Union over the next couple of weeks. I mean, there's an interesting one from the Labour Party. They're, they're asking for guarantees over workers' rights and environmental protections. Well, I'm a right-wing Tory, but I'm all for workers' rights. Yeah. I'd have no problem with that. I mean, I haven't read that amendment, but is that amend- I'd, I'd be very minded to table it and to support it. Do you know, at the moment, as a, as a Conservative, we're often decried as the party of big business. I want to be the party of small business. The people are running the shops. Well, I wish you were the party of small yeah. business. Yes, well, when I look at people like Starbucks and, and, um, and so on, who are who at this very moment, yeah. as, as well as uh, are actually supporting a, an organisation that wants a, a so-called people's vote, you know, I start to ask myself, why on earth do we allow ourselves to be even painted to be on the same side of these enorm- of enormous corporations that are doing their best to minimise the tax that they pay in this country? And, and, and frankly, I'm not saying naming your names, but some of whom have been responsible for yeah. the problems on our high streets. It's, it's time we got realistic and worked out who our friends were. Well, no, indeed. So, so in, that, in that context, it's good that in the budget just a couple of months ago, we're introducing a digital services tax that will slap the likes of Amazon and Google um, with what is essentially a sales tax to start getting them to pay their fair share, which, just like David said, we should do. And on small business, like small shops, the budget also cut business rates for small shops. 90% of the high street by a third. So uh, I think I really agree yeah. with what David's saying, but the budget just a few weeks ago is moving us a long way in that direction.
Yes, but a lot of small businesses are complaining that you know the VAT uh, rules have changed and that you know dividend tax has gone up. And George Osborne's been responsible for making it a lot more difficult to run a small business. I know he's not in power anymore, uh, but he was a guy who did an awful lot of damage to small businesses in this country. Well, I, mean, I think you know the corporation tax, which businesses pay, both small and large, has come down from 28% under Labour to 19% today. It's going to go down further to 17%. And actually, there are more small businesses today than ever before. And we saw ONS figures come out uh, last week which showed that there were a record number of small businesses set up last year. And in fact, my wife was one of them. She set up a small business that's now um, got, got five staff. Um, so I think there's a lot that's been done to help small business, and it's good that they're flourishing. But I'm sure there, there is more we can do, yeah. and we are definitely going to make sure that Amazon and Google um, pay their fair share. And this digital services tax and the diverted profits tax that we introduced a couple of years ago um, are, are going to do that. The most extraordinary thing is we spent five minutes actually not talking about Brexit, which is quite remarkable, which is what a lot of people, I think, would like to do. What I want to ask both of you is, what are you hearing, if you were able to speak to constituents over the last few days, over the weekend, what are you hearing from constituents? Because I'm hearing that they just want it done. They just want the deal yeah. sorted. They want to leave the European Union. You know, if they don't like it sometime down the road, then you have another referendum about rejoining it. Um, Chris, thanks very much indeed. I'll let you go. You've you got business, business to get on with. I have. I'll give you a 10-second answer. I completely agree. People, whether they voted remain or leave, want us to get on with it, deliver Brexit, and then we can start concentrating on continuing to create jobs and putting extra money into the NHS. We saw that last week, record spending increase for our National Health Service. Those are the things we need to, uh, as a country, focus on. And once we get this exit Brexit behind us, I hope we can come together as a country and face the, face the future with confidence and with unity. Chris Philp, yeah. uh, a Tory MP for Croydon, who's going to vote with the government. David Davies here as well. Um, you're going to vote with the government too. So your constituents, David, first of all. Well, I, I've got to say, um, you know, this must be quite disappointing for talk radio, but I'm going to agree 100% again with what Chris <laughs> has just said there. And Listen, I can't, we're all I can't about, do that. We're all about sweetness on, uh, and light. Yeah, you bring know. on Anna Subri or Dominic Gree, then we'll have some fun on, on your programme today. Well, we saw Dominic we, Gree walking past, but uh, I'm afraid he couldn't decide whether or not he wanted to join us. So uh, <laughs> he's still undecided about that, but we shall see. Right. I mean, I, I think we've got to get this out of the way. I was at uh, an event yesterday and people were saying that whether they were for it or against it, they want the whole thing sorted out now. What we've got before us is basically a compromise. It does keep us um, certainly in the ambit of the EU well, for at least another two years. When it first was announced, I thought to myself, well, of course it's not a great deal. However, it's a beginning. And yeah. let's get on with it. Let's just start with something. Exactly. It took us 45 years to get from uh, going into the EU to where we are today. If it takes us three or four years to, to get back out of it, then I'm, I'm fine with that. But I think what needs to happen as Labour MPs need to look at their own manifesto commitment. They committed themselves to delivering Brexit. They received votes for doing so. We've got a deal here which, which does what they more or less asked for, which is keeping us within the customs union for at least another two years, not taking us out unless we've got a trade deal, which would mean effectively we're as good as in the customs union. It's everything that they actually wanted and promised. And I think now we've got to expect them to deliver for their constituents and to come on board with this. OK, well, luckily we've got Chris Williamson, Labour MP for Derby North, uh, on the phone now, I believe. Chris, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for joining us, Chris. Uh, you heard the words of David Davis there. He wants you to get on board with the plan. <laughs> there was no chance of that. And I was uh, amused by Chris's comments as well, the other Chris there, when he talked about Tory unity. I mean, that's an oxymoron at the moment, isn't it? They are absolutely riven and have been for a, a good number of years. Look, the only way, in my opinion, to get through this impasse is to call a general election. We want to vote this deal down, which is not fit for purpose. And we then want to uh, put forward a vote of no confidence, which hopefully will lead then to, if we get it through, that is, 
a general election. And I think if we can elect a Labour government, we would be seeking then an opportunity to renegotiate the deal that Theresa May has come back with and, and get a deal that's fit for purpose, get a deal that actually works in the interest of the 99% rather than the tiny proportion. And what would that, de- and what would that deal be, Chris? Well, first of all, we'd be saying that we want a bespoke permanent customs union which would uh, address all of the problems with the Northern Ireland border. It would help us in terms of maintaining trade relationships uh, with the EU, giving us tariff-free access to the single market. Uh, But, of course, we also would be wanting to make sure that, uh, you know, we're not fettered by the state aid rules and we would be looking to the you know the rights and protections in terms of employment environment and uh, consumer protections as uh, in terms of where the eu are now very much as a floor rather than a ceiling which is where i think the the tories are at what we're keen to obviously do is make sure we develop an economy that works for the vast majority of the public the last 40 years and i'm afraid to say you know the new labor era as well saw inequality growing we saw good quality um, secure jobs being offshore to low-wage economies precarious employment becoming the norm in many parts of the country and we've got to address that that's one of the main reasons in my opinion why you know people voted the way that they did uh, they were fed up with the system and when, when the elites were saying, look, you know, it's going to be very bad for you if you uh, vote to leave the European Union, many people up and down the country were saying, well, how much worse can it be? We've got a terrible housing crisis, we've got an employment crisis, we've got a low pay catastrophe in our country, public services being uh, absolutely wrecked. Uh, access to further and higher education being made more difficult. You're penalised if you want to go to university. This is appalling. We're the fifth biggest economy in in the world. Yet we've got people sleeping in sharp doorways in every town and city around our country. And, uh, you know, we need a different approach. And, uh, you know, people are sick to death of the, for example, the uh, universal credit difficulties which have been inflicted on, on millions of people and they want to roll it out still further. I mean, this is appalling, and there's is no it need for it. Isn't it Nobody though? in is this country not... should be living in poverty. But Chris, <laughs> is it not extraordinary that under all of those things that you've described quite rightly, that Labour Party mm. uh, numbers, poll numbers, are going down, going opposite direction? And a lot of people say, with such a useless Tory government, how is it that mm. the Labour Party cannot make more of a headway? Well, I mean, I don't know. The last poll I saw uh, was the Salvation poll. The Salvation were the most accurate pollsters at the last election, which gave us a lead. Uh, Interestingly, with that poll as well, they said, uh, they asked people if Labour were to back a second referendum, our numbers went down, but the Tories took a lead again. But we went into the last election, didn't we? Uh, I think it was 25 points behind the Tories, and then we got the biggest increase in vote share since 1945 and came within a hair's breadth, actually, of getting Jeremy Corbyn into number 10. I know we didn't quite make it, but we had the worst possible run into uh, an election, didn't we, with the difficulties inside the Parliamentary Labour Party, and which have been well Catalogue. So, look, if we can go into an election now, uh, even Stevens or just ahead or just behind, on that basis, I think we would do very well indeed. But either way, I think it's important to clear the air and get a fresh mandate because this government. So, so you don't want to leave the European just, just one final question, Chris. You don't want to leave the European Union on March the 29th, then? Well, I mean, just in terms of the way the timing, uh, if we have a general election, indeed, you know, those are calling for a referendum. I mean, that's. I mean, that takes you well beyond the 29th anyway. So I don't think that's legally uh, so possible. So are you saying you uh, don't want to leave on March 29th? Well, what, I, what I'm saying is if it were possible to get a very early general election and, and have uh, truncated negotiations, because, as I say, we'd be coming at it from a very different perspective to the, the Tories. Yeah. We wouldn't, wouldn't want to be creating a bargain basement uh, nation on the 
you know, offshore on the uh, on the coast of uh, mainland Europe, as it were, uh, where... You know, is that a no? I've got, I've got to run to a break. Is it a no? Um, well, yes, if we if if if, this, if the timing <laughs> makes it work. Okay. But, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I want I'm not going to hold you to it. I just want a yes or no. <laughs> we well, can never get a yes or no. Come on. Uh, I know. But listen, the show the show's finishing in ten minutes. I've got to get I've got to get out of here. Listen, Chris, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed, Chris Williamson, there, uh, Labour MP uh, for Derby North, who says that I think he doesn't want to leave the European Union on March the 29th. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. 